0: Since I was in high school, I always had a lot of respect for Kyler. You know, Texas is a big, a really big state, um, and it's a football state, so that's that's what it is, and, um, you know, I, I always, you know, remember him, you know, doing his thing in the DFW at Allen, um. Won a lot of, I mean, won every game he played in in high school. You know what I'm saying? That's that's very impressive. And he was able to do great things at OU um, in his collegiate career, in the Heisman, and um, off to a great start in his career. Now, I'm doing great things, so I have a lot of respect for him.
1: Welcome back. Happy Thursday, everybody. Dan Bickley, Tim Ring, filling in for Vinny. That, the voice of Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback, talking about Kyler Murray. Jalen Hurts bounced through OU. But he's not considered an Oklahoma quarterback in the way that Kyler or Baker Mayfield happened to be because of what he went through at Alabama yeah. replaced by Tua. Real interesting um because this kid is this kid has been very sturdy. And you heard Anthony Gargano earlier. I love what he said about Philadelphians. They fall in love with people, and then they fall out of love with them. But they fall in love with people, right? And they teams
2: fall in love quick. Yeah, they nope. yeah but you're always on thin ice. Always, yeah. And
1: and but but they love this guy, and it's it's easy to hear and see why he's he's very serious about his job. He's he's very good at what he does. He he's he's one of the breakout players of the season, man. He's probably he's probably the MVP right now, right? I think so. He Josh
3: is, Allen has been
1: Patrick Mahomes has been really good, but Jalen Hurts is undefeated. Patrick
3: Mahomes is going to always fall into the he's he's the best player every year. We don't, so we don't, him don't want MVP to give the MVP every year. Yeah, right. That's if they, right.
2: If they handed out the MVP right now, he would win it. And will he be in the conversation at season's end?
3: We'll see. We've seen it with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson that you can't always judge it by the first <laughs> quarter of the season.
2: No, but can I, I, You know, the, but the, the cold hard facts you can say this: he's got a seven game winning streak right now. That's the longest streak going for any starting quarterback in the National Football League. And I just love when he when he talks about Kyler Murray like that. It just you know Kyler Murray's uh, high school uh, quarterbacking performance in Allen, Texas, was so legendary. Hertz is from Houston, Texas. So the, these kids, they, they Kyler, the legend of Kyler Murray is strong in the Lone Star State, and that is carried over now to the NFL. It's funny you talked about Hertz being really an Alabama quarterback that spent one year at Oklahoma. The real all those dudes transferred Oklahoma. Mayfield, yeah, Murray, that's true. Kyler Hertz, also. They all, all
0: transferred. Well, Kyler, to-
3: Kyler talked about his record against Oklahoma quarterbacks in playing Hertz. What am I
0: right now, four now? I mean, Jalen. Jalen. He spent. He's. He spent a lot of time at Bama. I mean. I, I mean. It's. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too worried about it right now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> not to worry about. Do you know Okay, he, he knew the record right away, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> what, 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 am I, 4-0? what
1: I what I like about Jalen Hurts' comments is that you know we we've been trying to kind of wrap our heads around this very unique athlete that Kyler Murray is, and a very unique perspective that he has, and, and and how different he has been in a lot of ways. You have to remind yourself what he did in high school is not relatable to any of us to to anyone to play a ga- to play a career in Texas and never lose a game in a, in a football mad state and you're putting on a show every Friday night the way kyler murray did in high school that's going to it's going to it's going to affect the way you act and the way you see the world and your perspective and i think we got to remember that this kid is coming from a place that that very few people have ever been And so what will it mean on Sunday? This is a good, good question I'm asking myself rhetorically here. Yeah,
2: nobody interviews you better than you.
1: (laughs) So I ask myself. (laughs) Kyler Murray versus Patrick Mahomes in week one, no contest. Patrick Mahomes, uh, top three quarterback in football. Kyler Murray versus a diminished Matthew Stafford who's got no offensive line or running game. Close game. Matthew, or Kyler Murray against uh, the bad version of Derek Carr, okay, winnable, and then against Baker Mayfield, who is just not good at all, definitely winnable, and and I think that Kyler Murray certainly has got that edge over Baker Mayfield every time they play. So, Kyler Murray versus Jalen Hurts, what does Kyler Murray have to do to put forth that kind of performance? What does this offense have to do? Well, Dan, they, they have to figure it out before it's too
2: late, and you look at... I mean, the numbers are just, I mean, they're kind of jaw-dropping what the Cardinals are not doing in the in the first half of games. First of all, we, we all know the numbers, right? I'm sure you guys have been talking about it today, Thursday. I'm sure you guys have been talking about it all week. They haven't scored in the first quarter yet. They've been outscored in the first half, 66-16. Okay, so that's a problem. And the bigger problem is that we, we have here in Arizona supposedly an offensive-minded first coach, uh, for offensive-minded first coach head coach, which is fine. And that's what Cliff Cliff comes from, that side of the football. And you know the Cardinals script those plays going in, and they look at the game prep, they look at defensive tendencies and defensive personnel and say, okay, this is how we're going to attack a defense the first, whatever, 15, 17 plays of the game. And they're coming out of the gate and it's not working. And you look at what the Cardinals are not only not doing, putting the ball in the end zone or even through the uprights in the first quarter, their first drives in their first four games have been brutal. Uh, they, they've, they've, they've puncted each and every drive, and three of the four drives were, were three and out, and the fourth drive just had one first down. So they are coming out of the gates. And then on the other side of the, the, the three out of the first opposing drives, out of the first four opposing drives, have ended up with points. So they've been behind in every game. And I just think yeah. when you, when you take on a team like the Eagles, arguably one of the best teams in football right now, you, you fall behind. you, you just can't rely on it becoming a sandlot game where Kyler Murray runs around, tries to make ha- havoc plays uh, in a helter-skelter framework of an offense where you get the Eagles back on their heels and, and you try to pull out a game that way in the second half or the yeah. fourth quarter. That's right. not that's not the recipe to beat a, fo- a good football team in this league. And, and the Cardinals have to find a way to maybe to more, more, more conventionally attack a team offensively well, throughout the
3: four quarters. Well, uh, on the offense, Offense, Kyler was asked, do they need to have more chunk plays, throw the ball down the field more, more big plays than just the Dinkin and Duncan?
0: I think. I mean, I think you you love to be able to, you know, hit some deep shots every every game, you know. But uh, you watch across the league. I mean, sometimes it's not there. You know, you, you got to take what the defense gives you. Um, it's got to be a methodical games. Sometimes you play the Rams. You know, they're, they're not giving up deep shot most deep shots. You know, so you got to drive the, drive the ball methodically, slow it down, um, and be willing to take the you know take the underneath stuff. So um, it's tough. You know, it's, just, it's tough as a, you know when you're a young quarterback learning that, but uh, you know, being year four, I've kind of dealt with it, and um, you know, I'm kind of used to it. So. He certainly
3: doesn't have to learn to be willing to take the underneath stuff. That seems that all almost it all that he does. They do. yeah. yeah,
1: listen, it, it, there's a stat out there that that it, it, I know it's real, but I don't know if I believe it. And the stat is the Cardinals are the worst first half offensive team in the NFL and the best second half offense in the NFL. That latter part might be statistically true, it doesn't feel true to me. It, it, the second half performances of this offense feel more like miracle in Vegas and then something good in Carolina. It doesn't feel like they've been good in the second half and that's Consistent. a
3: meaningless points versus Kansas City yeah. when the game was already right. out of hand. Right.
2: Those garbage time touchdowns against Kansas City mean nothing to me. As far as I'm concerned that offense scored seven meaningful points in that game against Kansas right. City. That's right. And let's let's not let's listen we can't also forget the fact that the defense teed that offense up with a 5-yard field against Carolina and a 31-yard field. Now, credit the offense for making the plays to capitalize on that, but that is two very, very short fields, courtesy of the Cardinals defense that the offense took advantage of. They did string together one impressive drive that began way back in their own end zone, and they had a penalty to boot, but they still were able to drive down the field. But again, we saw this in the Rams game, too. These long drives where they dink and dunk and have success, but then they don't have the arsenal to actually get the ball in the end zone and that's where they feel the loss of deandre hopkins and the drive ends and field goals that can't happen they got to find a way to find somebody to get the ball in the end zone to cap off these long drives with seven points bick as opposed to three
1: good stuff coming up on the other side the phoenix suns did something they hadn't done in a while last night they won we'll, t- <laughs> we'll tell you what to take from it next timmering dan bickley you're listening to arizona sports 98 7 fm yeah, that's the voice of John Bloom last night. The Phoenix Suns staged a comeback in the second half. Did not play a lot of defense in the first half. If you were watching, it might be a, a lingering concern about this basketball team going forward. But like I said, the uh, the end of last season was obviously very jarring, very traumatic. And and the Suns are going to wear that scarlet letter for some time to come. And then that opening game against the Adelaide 36ers, there was a lot of shock value to giving up 134 points. To an NBL team, and so people are were wondering. Okay, l- let's not get goofy about preseason basketball. But what the heck no. is going wrong with this team? No, I I I can't. I just can't do it. Yeah. I,
2: I cannot put any stock or analysis seriously into a team's performance in the preseason. Vic, I watched the game last night. I, I've seen more intensity. In a pickup game on the playgrounds of Chicago right. that I saw in that yes. game, no, last I night. agree I mean, if you notice every time they showed a close up of the players i don 't think Booker and Paul and those guys even had sweat on their brow. yeah i mean it's just it's really it's really tough to to gauge that because these guys. Listen, they're out there playing, but I mean, come on, let's, let's I get real. What so, I, what so, I, what right. I do, what I do put some stock in is maybe the individual performances of some of the new guys and whether or not they're good enough to help the team win meaningful games when we get into the regular season and. And beyond, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I like to I like to evaluate some of these new guys, like a like a Jock Landale, if you will. Um, I like to see what Dar- Dario Saric looks like. I actually thought he looked pretty good shooting the basketball last night. Landry Shamet looked pretty good shooting the basketball. Not a new guy, of course, but in terms of you know, winning and losing. How the starters looked. I, that's, I just, I, you know, I, like the fact that the that the Adelaide 36ers won that game to me is just, I mean, that is just, that is just water under the bridge. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't equate that with any potential problems yeah. with the Phoenix no, Suns. I just with can't, you. can't go all there. Right, I can't
1: no, do it. I'm with you. So you, you, but you, here's the things you can look at. You can look at, all right, sure. How is DeAndre Ayton? Responding to what, to this weirdness around him and what is going on around him. He was really good in that game against that Australian team. He wasn't very good last night. He had the fumbles again. Fumbles last night.
2: I mean, he he just. And this this is something that's plagued him throughout his career. There are just some nights where everything's a struggle catching the ball, making a post move. He was in love with the fadeaway last night instead of going strong to the rim. And sometimes the defense dictates that. That's Mm -hmm. fine, but I don't think the Lakers had a massive defensive presence that was causing him to fade. But he faded his way to three or twelve shooting on the night, right? But again, (laughs) but again, where was his where was his mental acuity in the game in a preseason game in Vegas? I mean, what were they doing the night before? I mean, were they were they in town the night before in Las Vegas? How 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 you know? <laughs> yeah, they were watching and Yama. Oh, and, that's uh, right, they scary. were. Oh, right. yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, then what were they the doing? Seven foot five Frenchman.
2: What were they? What were they? He's gonna blow right. up the league. He's gonna. He's the the heir apparent to the Jordan, Kobe, LeBron legacy. Um, huh. Yeah, how late were they up the night before in Vegas? Anyway, um, the 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 game last night. Then to me, the, the injuries to Cam Johnson campaign. But those are, those are significant storylines yeah. to me now because mm-hmm. the, the regular season begins in less than two weeks, and you're talking about... Yeah. Well,
3: you're, only they have a veteran like Jay Crowder could step right in that starting lineup yeah. at the, <laughs> the four position.
2: <laughs> I think they got yeah, I think... I think... I, I, Tory Craig looked all right to me last night. He was part of that second-half comeback, but I, I, I like I liked the fact that Sarge is back. I think, I think... The way I look at Sarge, Beck, I don't know how you do. I just think he's a pro. Yeah, he's he a pro, is. yeah., he's a pro. He's a mm-hmm. guy that you can put out there and he's going to help you win a basketball game uh, when it matters. As
3: for Do you these, think that's an upgrade over Javellle? I mean, no. he's essentially replacing JaVel McGee. No, let me tell you year.
2: something. They're going to miss McGee, and I, I, think people, I think I think a lot of people gloss over the fact that when they all the same team, they're going to run it back. Uh, Javel McGee was a big part of those, those wins last year. big part of having the best record in the NBA. Yeah, they're going to they're miss that guy. They're going to miss that guy, and, and Chris Paul's another year older. And Chris Paul's got to play himself back
3: into shape. Um, well, at least their only backup point guard didn't get hurt last night, so they're good for that, too. So. <laughs> Come
1: on! <laughs> that's, and I guess that's the question I'm having here. We're all, we're all hoping that Mikhail Bridges is going to expand his game, and he's going to be another Defensive Player of the Year finalist, but, bigger but, but he's going to be an 18-point per game score, or maybe 14-6, to, to somewhere in there. That's a big ask. Especially consistently for Mikhail. that's the thing. It, can he do that night by night by night? I, I don't know.
3: Especially I, if they keep asking him to, to guard the best player in every team. There's some games where he's against like LeBron or something, and he he does his best on defense, but he'll have like four points that game. Yeah, just because he's not as aggressive on offense when he's got a really hard defensive assignment. He just he, the problem was with Bridges is he just floats in
2: and out from being very competent offensively. Last night preseason doesn't matter. He shot one for eight, but whatever. But there, are, we'll go back to last year in the regular season. There are nights when Mikael Bridges is an offensive force. He's knocking down threes. He's cutting to the basket. His teammates are finding him. He's very active at that end of the floor. Don't you
3: think that's the key for Cam and Mikael is not to just stand there in the corner and wait for a three-pointer? When they're aggressive and actually get to the basket, they're much more athletic than, than you think, and that, that helps the offense. Sure it does. They could be more aggressive.
2: But I also, you're talking about, with Cam... Johnson, Jarrett, you're talking about one of the best three point shooters in the league, so I don't mind him hanging out there because that is the most
3: athletic guy on the Suns, is what Eddie Johnson once that's, told us.
2: That's the uh, that's the strength of his game. But McKelly, I think, is just perpetual motion. The problem is, Bridges, a guy, is a guy. That over the course of his career, his young career, is a guy that some nights is going to get you 25, and some nights he's going to get you 5. Yeah. And that and that's the problem. He's just, he, he drifts in and out of competency when it comes to scoring. And it, there's some nights he just can't hit a shot. Now, we saw some emerging facets of his offensive game last year. The pull-up jumper from yeah. around 10 feet yep. um, that he was able to hit. But again, it wasn't consistent. And unfortunately, it really reared its ugly head when his team needed him the most in the playoffs uh, when he could not deliver a big offensive game to help his team advance against the Mavericks and that really hurt them. So, is he going to advance? Listen, he's never going he's not going to average 25 a night, but you can't you can't have those nights where you're just no. a non-factor. You can't rely on, 3. You, you, you can't, can't rely
3: it. on and Chris Paul having to be an offensive player. Every game for the Suns, we see what that happens by the time the playoffs get around. Yeah, Chris no, Paul
1: gets worn right down that. by every year. No, you're right about that. So, so to me, the question becomes the depth of this team and the bench. I I, I honestly do not know that why. If if you looked at this team and said, okay, we're not as good as we were last year, we're bringing in some guys, but they're guys, and I'm talking about Damian Lee, Dwayne Washington, these kind of guys. It, but but collectively, you're not better. I don't know how they let this Jay Crowder thing spin out of control the way it did.
3: And let it linger to the point that we're about to start the season and there's no resolution.
1: Uh, Listen, I mean, if this is all about a starting job, that's not a reason to lose a valuable piece. I don't know.
2: I look at what the Pistons were able to put together for Bogdanovich, and listen, maybe, maybe the maybe the Jazz didn't want to didn't want to dance with somebody in their own conference, and and that was that. But I look at what the Pistons were able to put together for Bogdanovich, and I can't I can't understand why the Suns couldn't build something similar around around Jay Crowder to send him you know back to Utah. Technically, um, having said all that, I'm not. What is Jay Crowder's problem? I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about it time yeah, and time again. Well,
0: I mean, he wants to start.
2: They're paying him good money. Uh huh. You could. But you know what? You can. You, even if he comes off the bench, I guarantee at the end of the year he will play the exact same amount of minutes. What he just wants to run out there and, right. and high five so, everybody. No, you're only the saying that. Game?
3: You're saying that, Tim, because you're the best bench player we have here at Arizona <laughs> Sports, <laughs> you're and you're ready to, to come off. The and, yeah.
2: That's right. That's right. I just, I mean, what I
1: mean, don't we, don't we preach being a team player? I mean, the old well, he seemed the, like the ultimate, ultimate team
3: player. That's why it's so disappointing to see well, what Jay's that, doing.
1: That's he's been described as that. He's the he's the ultimate team guy. The he's, culture guy. He's the guy you're missing. He's the he's the kind of guy you need until you ask him to be a team guy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're if you flip it, and you're the Phoenix Suns. You, you don't cut off your nose to spite your face. You can you can effectively you can get Cam. Johnson? You can get him his minutes off the bench if if you... You, yeah, know. you
3: could give Cam a bigger role oh, without yeah. saying you're, ha- starting. you're
1: starting. and this idea that they actually told Jay Crowder you're not going to finish games, that tells That's me they don't want what, him around. Yeah. But, it, but Tim said they had a chance to trade him straight up for Bogdanovich, and they wouldn't. They wanted more. I, I'm not... I don't know what James Jones is waiting on. It, it looks like he's got some blind spots, but it also looks like this roster might not be deep enough. They better find a way out of this. All right, coming up on the other side, Sarah Kazell takes us through the Rush Hour Reboot. Timbering in for Vinny, I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, 98.7 FM.
2: 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Toronto, Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting, Arizona built for America's dreams.
4: Very happy Thursday to all of you. Welcome in to Bickley and Murata Mornings here on ninety-seven FM, Arizona sports station. I am Sarah Cazell taking you through the top stories of the day with the Rush Hour Reboot with Dan Bickley. Hey! Not Vince Murata. Tim Ring today. Hi, Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and Derek Carlin. That's yeah, <laughs> the very, very, carry I can very, do. It very <laughs> good. It's very good. And we've got Derek Carlin as well. Yay! Yes. Yes. Full yes. circle, baby. We love it. This is the rush hour reboot. We do it every single day at 7 30. We get you caught up on all of the stuff you need to know in Arizona sports and beyond. So let's uh, start out by looking ahead to Sunday, guys. We have the Cardinals and the Eagles at State Farm Stadium. We had a great guest, Anthony Gargano, on earlier to uh, preview that game. And we've pointed it out many times already this week. The Eagles are the last undefeated team in the NFL. They're 4 0, they have wins over the Lions the Vikings, the Commanders, and the Jags. So, we're still finding out about the Jags, but kind of middling teams so far. Um, And it seems that the Philly media contingent has totally written off the Cardinals for Sunday's game because when Jalen Hurts, the Eagles quarterback, spoke yesterday, uh, no one really asked him about the matchup itself. He talked a little bit about Kyler Murray, but not the actual game. So, here is how Jalen Hurts ended his press conference.
0: I will say this, too. um, I didn't get any questions about the Cardinals for real. This this game. So I don't want y'all thinking this is this is a really good team. We're about to play. They 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 have a really good defense. Disruptive up front. Um, they have speed on on the back end. So um, let's let's not set the precedent for that. This is a good football team.
4: Okay. So do you guys think? the Cardinals could potentially catch the Eagles sleepwalking on Sunday Great
1: question uh, I do think that there is probably a, a, a real lack of respect um, around the Eagles football team from their fan base and everything I'm sure they don't look at the Cardinals as very sturdy they probably yeah. look at them as pretty boy offense and mm-hmm. all that stuff um, I think it's I think that's a very uh, studly leadership thing he did to kind of remind everybody because that's coming from the Philly media yeah so if the and the Philly Philly media is probably reflecting the buzz outside uh, around the team.
0: Right. Well,
2: yeah, I was going to say, listening to Jalen Hurts, I don't think the I think he's going to do everything he can to make sure his team. Who cares if the Philly media overlooks the Cardinals? I think Hurts is going to do everything he can to make sure his team doesn't overlook uh, the Cardinals. And listen, Philly's going on the road. It's tough to win on the road.
4: And, uh, the Card- Unless you're at State Farm Stadium. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> apparently the Cardinals can't win those games at State Farm Stadium. But carry on. I would say, uh,
2: do you think the Eagle players even know the Cardinals have not won a game at home in a year? Yeah. No, listen, they're not, not going to go undefeated. So uh, any given Sunday and all that nonsense. But the deal is, they, it's a saying for a reason. And if the Eagles don't come in and play a really good solid football team, yeah, the Cardinals can beat them. But let me tell you something. The East Eagle defense gets after you. There's a lot of talk about the running game and... Jalen Hurts, an MVP candidacy. The Eagles defense leads the NFL in sacks. They've sacked the opposing quarterback 16 times. Mm. If the Cardinals fall behind and have to start whipping that football all over the field, that Eagle front seven is going to come after them. It's going to be tough.
4: Yeah. How close do you guys think this game will be? I know we'll take more time today and tomorrow to, to deeper dive in. But Yeah, if the, if the Eagles close? are on
1: point, I don't think it's going to be close. No. I do not. I do not. I do not think that. I do not think that this Cardinals defense can make a dent against this. I mean, because look, as Anthony Gargano told you, they got two elite wide receivers. They've got a good running game, and they got a quarterback who's a dual threat, and they got a great offensive. He was raving about the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that this is a hardcore football team, and I, I, I don't think it's going to go well for the Cardinals.
2: No, I think the Cardinals. We talked about the Eagles leading the NFL in sacks. The Cardinals are at the bottom end of that pile. They're last in the NFL in sacks. Yeah. They finally got two interceptions, their first two of the year, last year. And listen, they, they, unless the Cardinals, Sarah, find another gear... I don't think this football game will be close, and the reason being, is if the Cardinals would have played any other team in the NFL last week, I'm not sure they win that football game with the quality of play they put on the field for four
4: quarters in Carolina. Yeah, and you think they would have to know that as well, we think. All right, let's go to baseball. The D-back season ended yesterday with a 4-2 win over the Milwaukee Brewers, so the Diamondbacks finished the year at 74-88, 22 games better than the year prior. They were 52 and 110 in the 2021 season. D-backs assistant GM Mike Fitzgerald went on Wolf and Luke yesterday and said the bullpen is an obvious priority for the offseason.
3: We kind of want to figure out where our feet are at. um, What are the things that that we're buying going into next year uh, being sustainable? What what are the areas of focus that we got to lock in on? Um, I think the big one that everybody feels right now uh, is, is being able to, to close leads late in games and, the, and converting those into Ws. So, you know, we got we 46 games this year where, unfortunately, we were no worse than tied in the sixth inning or later and, and ended up taking a loss in those games. And so I think the general feeling around the group is we left a lot of chips on the table and we got to figure out ways moving forward in 2023 to, to clean that up.
4: He also said they could use some help from the offense as well to help extend those leads to make them tougher to give up late in games. Uh, so aside from the bullpen, the obvious one, what other holes would you like to see the Diamondbacks plug up in the offseason? I well, think starting pitching,
2: they, they just don't have enough there. I mean, Merrill Kelly had a, had a hell of a year. Uh I don't know if that can be replicated. I think he can be a solid pitcher. I think he can be a number three at best. I mean which is hey, no shame in that. Everybody every sure. every every rotation would love to have a Merrill Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. And every rotation would love to have a Zach Gallant. Oh yeah. But where are we gonna go with the other three?
1: I'd like the Diamondbacks to sign Aaron Judge is what I would like them to oh, do. Oh, why
4: haven't they thought of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's, he's a free agent. It's a contract year. They, they need a power he bat. He's too, too old. Hey. He's <laughs> too old. Oh, no. It, no, but you're right. There's it, it, That's a misconception. People look at Madison Bumgarner. They go, you're only 32. You look at Aaron Judge, you're like, you're 30? I people, know.
4: People think he's a young prospect, and he's yes. not. Yes. I totally would not have guessed that he was yeah. 30. Yeah. Uh, who or who was yeah, your Yeah, M- sign Iron Judge. That's <laughs> where what we. Okay, I, I, is I, that I, what we settled right. on? Hey, Matt yeah. Damon
1: says fortune favors the bull. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my oh, gosh. He probably wants that line back. Oh
4: boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That commercial That back. whole crypto yeah, commercial, right, yeah. Right. Hey look, i in space and
0: it's my not space there. currency. <laughs>
4: uh, okay, so we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show but but I want you guys to put, you know, put a number on it. How many more seasons until the Diamondbacks are in the postseason. Ooh. One, Ooh. two, three, eight. You know, Look.
2: it'd be really easy to say, and I know, I know this is kind of—it's not fair to say the company line, but I, I just listening to Fitzgerald there, like if they had a better bullpen, they may have been in the conversation or competition for a for a wild card. Yeah, it's it, that might be too simplistic. They do obviously need to refortify the bullpen, uh, and that will go a long way into to putting them in a more competitive spot. But I'm not sure it's that simple, Bick. I, I, I think I think these guys need to grow a little bit. I think they need to be strategic with their free agent signings, and again, the strength of that division at the top when you're playing yeah. the Padres and the Dodgers, like, boy, I, 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 do you go from do you go from 52 wins to 74 to the playoffs the next year? I, I, so, I mean, we're talking 2024.
1: I okay. I hope the way I'm going to answer this is, yeah, the last three, two and a half three weeks of, the, of this regular season may, makes me wonder whether it really is next year or the year after. Uh-huh. I would like them to, at the very least, be in contention for one of those wild card berths next year absolutely be be above 500 win win between 84
4: and 90 games and be in contention when Stop rubbing your eyes, Jared! Stop rubbing your eyes! When all was said and done, uh, the D-backs ended up 15 games back of the Phillies, who have that third NL wildcard spot. Or, excuse me, 13 games back, I believe. it's so a lot of games. It's still a lot of games, yes. And, and games. yeah, when you have that final stretch against the Padres and the Dodgers, being so much of your, your final now, schedule. There were 37
3: games back of the Dodgers.
4: Yeah, in the division, yeah. but
3: I'm no, just saying that, like, no, that's there's, that there's, a there's different a steps of like, how close they are to yeah. Yes.
4: yes. But there's hope.
1: Yes. Yeah. That, that we do have. We do have hope. For once. For once. For once. Thank you, go. Sarah. Thanks, guys. You've been re- rebounded. All right. Coming up on the other side, Thursday night football tonight. What will we get from Russell Wilson? We'll talk about that next. Tim Ring, Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports 98.7F. Bickley.
2: Bickley and Morata.
1: Hash marks. <laughs> All right, before we get into the Russell Wilson story, there's a a, a WTF story circulating around the NFL. If you watch the Rams 49ers game on Monday night, surely you remember the fan who ran onto the field with the pink smoke can tackled by uh, Bobby Wagner, right? We all saw that. Oh, yeah. Well, turns out that that fan has actually filed a police report against Bobby Wagner. Assault. It, it, My, Mike, okay. Mike Curtis
2: is rolling but over in his grave. This has
1: got to be... the Okay, so, so this fan was an activist for a Berkeley-based animal rights group. So this police report has to be another attempt at publicity, right? Because that's what you're doing. You're trying to bring awareness to a cause. So you, it, no one's going to take you seriously, right? You run into a football... You're trespassing, right? But
3: I don't know that... I don't know the, the ins and outs of it, but there has to be some sort of, yes, you're trespassing, but it doesn't mean that they could be violent with you. Well,
2: no, but I mean, at some point, and again, I'm, I'm not an attorney, obviously, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you what? Doing, but I, <laughs> I, I, I would think there has to be some component at that point of somebody trespassing in a spot running around, there has to be some component of self-defense. Yeah. Especially because he
3: had a smoking...
2: Bobby Bobby Wagner, like it, it could make the case, and I'm sure they will, that he believed that this trespasser was a threat to the safety of his co-workers. And he took action that he thought was necessary to prevent his co-workers from being harmed in any way. That's I mean that's yeah. and or or you uh, know Dan you you mentioned he, maybe the fan is doing it for publicity. I also think that maybe he's doing it for like a quick cash grab like maybe Bobby Wagner will just Cut him a check for $5,000
1: to drop it and make it all go away. Okay, there's there's the law and there's the spirit of the law. And I think most everybody is down with anybody who's idiotic enough to run into a sporting event. Of course. Deserves to get leveled by by athletes. You are invading their space.
3: Now Nobody I'm, watched that video and said, I can't believe you just did that. Everybody right. went, that they'd was awesome. Cheer, they yeah. cheered
1: for it, right? That's exactly right. So, so maybe it's not as cut and dry as if somebody rolls into your garage that you have the ability right. to, you know, take a baseball back to that person. because I mean, they're invading your house and your property. It would be like accusing Rick Monday of stealing. Right? Hey, he stole our flag. Hey. Call hey the cops! Up, right, put that back so we can burn it. Come on, what are you doing? You're 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 violating my rights to burn this flag on your playing field. No, what a there's, joke. A, there's a, famous, what a
2: joke. There's a famous joke. There's for for those NFL films aficionados who stayed up late back in the day watching all those programs. Mike Curtis from the Baltimore Colts did the exact same thing back in the day. Came out of the huddle and absolutely jacked up a fan. was running out on the field his teammates were actually kind of upset with him when he did it yeah but this is this is not new but yeah this is this is come on this is a joke this This, is probably probably thrown out
1: this totally is a joke uh we haven't had that happen here have we at state farm stadium we haven't had a streaker or anything like that in a while have we (laughs)
4: <laughs> Nothing comes to mind. No, but you
1: just Is gave, an everybody, invite? You gave the, everybody a great we idea. The, for we had <laughs> the naked dude at the Waste Management Phoenix Open oh, a few years ago. Remember him frolicking in the sand trap? How could
4: we forget? I <laughs> yes. wonder frolicking. where that sand got trapped. <laughs> I forgot about naked dude. Yo, please. yeah, Frolicking you, in the sand trap. Yeah, you want to forget about that dude. <laughs>
1: That would be like, that'd be like him suing the golf tournament. Hey, I got sand in places in my
4: body. I could, yeah. I took I'm three showers you. and I
3: can't get yeah. out of all the crevices.
1: <laughs>
3: Why Great. is frolicking always best done naked? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it's true.
1: Just feel really free, I, I, guess. Very I guess. Very yeah. true. Wear right, your Rus- green hat. Okay, so Russell Wilson tonight, Thursday night football, Colts, Broncos. If you'd asked me before the start of the season, I would have thought this is going to be a marquee game. This is going to be two really good football teams. That hasn't been the case. Here's what's different, okay? Russell Wilson and this football game tonight on primetime comes at a time when Russell Wilson knows that everybody in Seattle is saying, Geno Smith is better than you. Ha ha, we made the right choice. We have Geno. Now, it might be stupid, but... That's what they're saying in Seattle. I mean, it's a
2: four-game sample size. I, I mean, I tell you, it's I, stupid. I, I, I know they're saying that, and you're right. It's stupid. It's stupid. I don't know if Russell Wilson has lost a little bit off his fastball, and he's still the same quarterback that he was a few years ago. But the fact that they're kind of gloating a little bit in Seattle uh-huh. let's, a little bit let's, early for that, isn't it? Let's let's, let's see where we're at right. at the end of. December. Uh, Wilson's been under, let's see, statistically, he's a middle of the pack quarterback. Not good, not horrible, but just across the board, almost big. Middle of the pack guy. Yeah. And not surprisingly, they got a middle of the pack offense. And not surprisingly, they're two and two on the year. Yeah, well. and it was but Russell
3: Wilson was very middle of the pack last year when he came back from he was injury. Everybody thought like, oh, here comes the Seattle push. You know, he's coming back to save the team, and he was just
1: mediocre. Well. it... it uh, f- People, veteran Russ watchers will say he just doesn't run the ball anymore. He's kind of got the Kyleritis going, doesn't really want to tug it and go. But he's also not making, you know, the deep throws out of busted plays like he used to. He used to evade pressure and then find guys way downfield for real jarring kind of plays that doesn't happen as much as well they even asked Sean Payton about it and Sean Payton said listen if if I was hired tomorrow as the coach of the Broncos that's what I'd want to see I'd want to see all the film from recent film of Russell cooking of of where he is he is at his best and you would find a way to kind of create that environment for him again. I don't know what to expect tonight. I really don't. It's it's I mean it's it's lucky for
3: them, Jonathan Taylor's not playing for the Colts. Well Taylor's not playing, Javante Williams is
2: not playing for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Now they still have Melvin Gordon who's having trouble hanging out of the uh-huh. football. But mm-hmm. listen, it's a marquee game uh for the Broncos, it is in Denver. I would expect the Broncos to win this football game, the Colts are one, two, and one on the year. I would expect Russell Wilson to probably play better. He's been under duress. He's been sacked twelve times yeah. already this year. Broncos are favored by three and a half. If you're into that
3: sort of thing, what's uh, your guys' uh, take on the Amazon Prime NFL experience so far? It's
1: a little wonky. It's it's difficult when you when you, you change channels and you come back and the thing's got to reset itself. I'm not a big fan of that. I,
2: I, like, I like the fact that you don't have to go searching for it through the Amazon catalog every Thursday. In other words, you you flip on Amazon Prime, and it's right there to yeah. play. So that's, as far as their, their coverage, I mean, obviously, I, I, Al, Al Michaels is Al Michaels. And I, I think Kirk Herbstreet, uh, you know, he's, he, Kirk is good. Uh, you know, the, whether or not he's, he's a college guy, an NFL guy. I, I enjoy watching yeah. them. I thought I think the pregame show for having a bunch of kind of new analysts, Bick is is got some potential. I mm-hmm. mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick seems like a guy where you're either going to love him or you're not going to like him at all. Yeah, uh, but there's some and Richard Sherman. I think he's a smart guy. Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't no, think, I think I think it's it's they're interesting. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm a fan of that.
2: Yeah, Tony Gonzalez says some some peculiar things once in a while. Yeah. Um I think he might be actually the weak link, even though he's the veteran of the group. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree think, with that. I think Carissa does a nice job kind of being the traffic cop there. So. I mean, overall, their production quality, I think, is fine. But you're right; it's a little wonky when you try to switch channels. A bit. And, but uh, listen, this this is going to be our future because it's not going to be the last sporting league or event or team to take their wares to streaming.
1: All right. Finally, uh, today is not expected, but could be the day when the NFL announces the findings in the end of the Tua Tungavailoa investigation of the Dolphins. Yeah, and he's I, out this week officially already. Right,
3: guys. I.
2: Well,
1: again, well, he's going to be out for an extended period I, of time. They they can't mess around with this. That's
2: where I was going with that. I it's going to be an extended period of time, and you wonder, Bick. How, we talk about extended, like wow, how extended? Like this could be I mean, could this be the season? It that is such a scary thing. And now that this is under the microscope, about whether or not he was misdiagnosed against the Bills and should not have been brought back, not only in that Bills game but 4 days later to play in that game the 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 famous physician who who was a star of the movie concussion
1: yeah his- tells the
2: truth <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, whose name currently escapes Will Smith. Yeah, what Will Smith was Doctor. Will Smith. Will Smith has slapped Tua and told him no. Uh, that 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 doctor uh, uh-huh. has already come out and said that not only Tua should not play this season, he should retire. Um Whoa. That that's that that's the severity of what we're wow. talking about here. But who knows? Because, like,
3: again, if Tua passes, at a certain point, he's going to pass the concussion protocols. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be up to doctors and physicians and coaches to sort of either save him from himself or save well, themselves from future but potential it, I've, things.
1: I've heard people say Tua should just never play for the Dolphins again. I, I've... That's one of the things, because when you look at this, it, yeah, he might have been complicit And yeah, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play, but that medical staff appears to have really done him dirty.
3: Here's they my, said the same thing with Justin Her- Herbert. Was that the guy who, like... Terod Taylor. Terod Taylor, yeah, yeah. where they jabbed also, them in the uh, long, ribs.
2: A couple yeah. things. There's only one example, but Merrill Hodge, you know, talk about... He'll eventually pass and play. Merrill Hodge never played again. So there are people that have had to retire oh, that's right. because of concussions. Here's the one thing before we hit the break. If if the Dolphins are found guilty at all of nudging that physician to clear him or pushing him or insinuating that, like, let's call it a back and get him back out there. A, did that happen? And if it did happen, will the NFL ever let that out? Will Roger Goodell Ever yeah, let right. that seep into the public. I think public. we the answer to that. Yeah, exactly.
1: All right, two
0: hours in the books. The Bickley Blast is next. You're oh. listening to Arizona Sports 98.7 FM.